1911 is one of the most iconic firearms in history. Designed by John Browning, the 1911 was the standard-issue sidearm of the U.S. military from 1911 to 1985. While Colt produced the original, almost every major firearm company has produced its own version. It's wildly revered for its reliability, crisp trigger, and is still a favorite for all types of shooters. Whether you're looking to buy or build a 1911 and just about everything for guns, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Knives, machetes, saws, and shears, multi-tools, shovels, swords, axes, spears, hatchets, and tomahawks. If it cuts, snips, slices, or chops, Midway USA has it. Find great gift ideas in our huge selection of pocket knives and other everyday carry folding knives. Make a statement or create a family legacy with one of our top-of-the-line hunting knives. We've got a great selection of manual and electric sharpeners, too. For just about everything for the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. We got Mark here, and he is with OSM Shield. That's you want correct. to talk about your product? You just walk by the booth, and you see a shirt with beaded, on, beaded water on it. So it kind of sells itself. It's an eye catcher. Let's discuss what this is. All right. It's new fabric technology that uh, actually treats the fabric at the fiber level. So it's not a, a DWR. It's not a coating. Uh, it goes in, uh, impregnates the fiber at the fiber level. Then it encapsulates the fiber uh, at the fiber level. That's then twisted into a yarn, and then it's either woven or knitted into a garment. What you get out of that is if the technology uh, is impregnated in the fiber, then you have no more room for water, uh, and therefore you get the highest degree of water repellency. If you have no more room for water, then you have no more room for red wine, coffee, fish blood, or any other liquid stain. Uh, the other uh, performance feature that you'll get out of the garment is if the fiber and fabric does not absorb water, then it can't breed bacteria. And if it can't breed bacteria, then you don't have odor. So you really get three nice performance attributes out of one kind of simple treatment at the fiber level. Uh, the last thing that the technology does is it changes the surface tension of the fabric. So fabric has a low surface tension. We make it lower. Water has high. So when you polarize the two, it makes the water want to beat up like mercury and roll off of the garment. The last thing I would say, exactly. Uh, last thing I would say is that uh, it's not intended to be waterproof and breathable because there's no such thing in a single layer garment, but it's the highest degree of water resistance, stain resistance, and odor resistance. So it has a lot of applications in fishing, uniform, uh, and other industries where people are concerned with moisture repellency, bacteria, stains, and odor. So for a smelly guy like me that is a very messy eater, I'm sure Morgan is laughing about this now from the Healing Waters event where I got food all over me. This is ideal. I get food on me all, I'm not allowed to wear white. 
I always had to drink white grape juice growing up, not purple. This is like ideal for someone like me. Uh, absolutely. So uh, you'll get uh, a situation where anything that's in a liquid form is going to roll off of the garment. Uh, as far as odor is concerned, we've done some odor testing on this, and the way to do that is really as simple as find a big smelly guy and have him exert himself for 30 minutes where you're going to have perspiration for 30 minutes. We run it for seven days in a row and you can take a polyester shirt and basically have it be odor free after a seven day test, which is pretty much unheard of with polyesters. And this is your proprietary it is. Cody. Do you make the clothes yourself or do other companies use this material? We're primarily an ingredient brand, so we would be an Intel Inside or a, a Gore-Tex uh, to another garment manufacturer. Uh, so we're really the technology, uh, so we'll, we'll treat the fabric during the production phase, uh, and then the brand uh, or retailer can then incorporate uh, their brand or private label into the garment. Background in biochemistry? <laughs> no, just really? learning on the fly. That's pretty impressive. And your mercury, now for the young kids who don't know, we used to play with mercury in school. You'd flick beads around like this all day long, on the, but you can't do that anymore. Uh, no, you can't, but it's the, the same effect. It's a great analogy. Um, we have a research and development uh, you asked me uh, if I have the, uh, the background to, to be able to comment on this stuff, but we have an R&D relationship with North Carolina State University, and those guys are number one textile university in the world. I never heard of such a thing. Yeah. That's then again, I went to a small school, so I know about them through football. My wife went to Ohio State. So I know go. about NC State today. All right. Where can we find you guys online? Any social media sites? Uh, you can go to osmshield.com. Uh, we have an embedded brochure, uh, video, and uh, other information that you can review. Is your business card waterproof? Uh, no, it's not. Okay. I'll be careful with it. All right. Thank you. Thank you. All right. We are at... Uh, Crazy Charlie Bahamas, and with with Prescott, and he probably has the best accent of anybody here. You all right there? Just the candy. All right, so let's talk about fishing down in the Bahamas. Well, first of all, it's great to meet you and to learn the work you're doing. Um, the Bahamas is a beautiful place to fish. Uh, we have the largest bonefish flats in the world, and you know over 700 islands. Uh, 2,300 keys and fishing is a way of life in my family just enjoy fishing yeah. you guys were in the movie that in the film tour recently your yeah. dad was tying flies and you were going out oh you, you yeah you got to see that it was great I enjoyed uh, working with uh, RC Cohn is his name uh, and he really put the emphasis and what I'm passionate about and that's the conservation work. As much as I love fishing, what drives me is to try to get areas protected throughout the Bahamas using fly fishing, you know, to drive home that education and the awareness of protecting it, you see? Ecotourism is so much more profitable in the long run than just tearing something up for short term and making money. You're absolutely right. A, a great, a great Indian chief said, "Our survival is dependent on nature's survival." So, um, fly fishing, ecotourism in general, uh, gives you a, a real alternative to just short-term approach. What sort of uh, environmental like issues do you have to deal with? 
Well, first of all, the entire Bahamas is calcium carbonate, and for persons who might not be aware, all cement in the world, uh, you think of that raw material. So there are types of development that want to tear up the flats and, and the mangroves. We also have the largest concentration of mangroves in the entire Western world. So the nursery system in the Bahamas is for the entire uh, Caribbean region and even here in uh, the U.S. If you think of Florida as a 20 billion dollar boating industry and we have over 30,000 boats from the U.S. plus fishing in the waters of the Bahamas. So we're all connected and so uh, the protection of that resource not just for the fly fishermen out on the flats but it protects the commercial fishermen who is dependent on the lobster and the grouper and snapper and all of that. Yeah. Are you having issues with the, is it the lionfish or tigerfish that came through the canal? You have lionfish, you have lots of lionfish. Uh, they do have uh, programs they found that it's great eating fish and so that helps that you know they are pursuing them. But you mentioned earlier about some of the issues they are special interests that want to mine the flats, the nursery system, uh, destroying it. And so I've been pretty active uh, bringing the awareness to the entire government of the Bahamas, going into the schools, into the college, uh, just trying to share how special it is and how important it is to protect it uh, for generations to come. And with everything being made out of calcium carbonate, ocean acidification is going to start eating away all of that. Yes, yes. I mean, clearly, uh, I would like to, you know, also send you some of the visual stuff so you get to see this firsthand, uh, because that awareness really needs to be brought out so that persons who love the Bahamas, because it really, it belongs to all of us. We're just here as caretakers. And so that's how I see the Bahamas. You know, it's, it's no different and I'm dependent on you in New York to say, you know, make sure you protect what you have there so people who come there from all over the world uh, to enjoy the place, have something to come back to. Yeah. Where do you guys have your, your website and we can find out more about what you do and, and your guiding services? Yes, I'm, I'm president of two associations. Firstly, we have the Bahamas Sports Fishing and Conservation Association. And the web address is www.bahamasconservation.org and also the Bahamas Fly Fishing Industry Association. And that's www.bffia.org. And, uh, you know, they, they both deal with all of the conservation and educational uh, requirements that are needed to bring real protection to the resource. Yeah. And we're here in Florida right now. I'm used to seeing you at the fly fishing show where it's 10 degrees out and you're layered up. You actually look comfortable today. Yes. I'm like a bonefish. I I love to be, you know, between 70 and 86 degrees. It, it's perfect for me. But, you know, I, I do enjoy visiting the cold places as long as I have the layers. But uh, definitely I'm 
a lot more at home in that uh, environment where the bonefish live. What are some of the gear, make, model, and brand you use as your preferred for? You know, your life depends on fishing and getting those fish in and happy clients. So what gear do you depend on? Sunglasses, rods, reels, leaders? Yeah, first of all, uh, I would stress to the angler, very good pair of polarized. Brown would be a preferred, from most guides would prefer brown, that copper tone lens. Also, um, you know, comfortable clothing, long sleeve to protect you from the sun, uh, breathable, uh, dries quickly. Uh, regards to rods and reel, I would recommend a large arbor reel, uh, at least 200 yards of backing. If you're going to be fishing for bonefish, it would be an 8 or 9 weight rod, uh, permit fishing a 10 weight rod, and tarpon uh, 11 or 12 weight rod is what is recommended. And a lot of times they promote you know, 8 and 10 pound test tippet. I don't subscribe to that. It's better for the fish if you use a minimum of 15 pound test uh, for bonefish. For permit, 20 pound test is fine. And for topping the shock tippet of at least 80 pound test would be ideal. Yeah. So you get the fish in there, you know, you're having a great time, but you're able to release the fish and have a much better chance of survival. You get a lot of sharks eating the fish off your line, trying to break them off before they get eaten? Well, when you see that happening, that's a very good question because it isn't a good practice for a guide or an angler to engage in finding a school of bonefish that is being herded by sharks and just catching one fish after the next, knowing that in most cases those fish are going to be eaten. So I would recommend uh, to the guide and the angler hunting the fish as opposed to uh, catching bonefish out of large schools when you release them and 99.9% .9 of the time the shark is going to find that weak fish and so you know I take the angler for visual they can see it but I'm always going to be hunting the fish I have a much better chance of survival out on the open flats like that. So living down there and what everyone's dream fishing vacation is where would you go in the world if you had like your ultimate vacation? I would fish in the Bahamas. Uh, it's a really special place and it doesn't mean there aren't a lot of other great places. I remember fishing off Montauk for stripers and also, uh, you know, I did fish in Texas uh, for redfish. I enjoyed that. Uh, but the Bahamas is a really special place because you can be where I live in Andros, you have the third largest reef in the world, but you also have 6,000 feet of water a mile off the coast. And so you can be catching tuna. <laughs> and Crosby. You can That's be, my old boss. Yes, great guy. Yes. <laughs> you can be catching tuna and mai mai wow. right off, you know, right off the coast. It'd be great. And all the James Bond movies always are filmed down there. That's, that's part of the allure for me, too. Is As such a big James Bond fan, they always go down to the Bahamas. Yes, you, you can tell it's the connection there. I think 
one of the born guys actually is a citizen of the Bahamas too. Uh, he originally Sean Connery. He's now, you know, been a citizen for many years. His permanent residence is actually in life with Key in Nassau. Really? Yeah. So, but I think some of the geography too lends itself to that. The consistent weather. And a lot of the film I saw they did in a place called uh, Clifton, where they can go from 60 feet of water to 4,000 feet, just like that. I'd be scared to go over that. Yeah, I remember. I remember the first time I went scuba diving there. I literally, when I swam off that edge, just look down. It was. I tried to. I. I was like I was backpedaling, figured I was falling off a cliff, and I had to catch myself and say, "Look, you know, you're in the water." Wow. Yeah, it was pretty. It was pretty. Uh, pretty scary for a few seconds. Yeah. And it's conch fritters, and is it Kalik beer? Yeah, Kalik. Kalik. That's, everyone, that's everyone's Instagram. The first thing they do, they get down there, they Instagram a picture of that beer. Yes, and you know, uh, as a matter of fact, I see how they had some Kaliks uh, here. But the the name, the name comes from the most famous festival in the Bahamas called Chunkanu. And the cowbells, when they shake the cowbells, it makes the sound click, click, click. Yes, that's where the name comes from. Learn something new every day yeah. out here. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, thanks so much for joining us. Okay. Hopefully, I'll see you in the Bahamas one day. Yes, and I would be happy to. Any other time, you can you can call in or participate. You just let me know. I'll be happy. Will do. Thank you. Okay. All right, we're at Reddington, and let's follow up with the vape in red with uh, Brandon here at Reddington. So let's, how's the rod doing? The rod's doing great, man. Uh, you know, this year, the you know, customers are loving this, loving the new grip. Um, it's extremely durable and, uh, and reliable, and it, it adds a lot of performance benefits that um, any, every angler is looking for, you know. Um, it, it allows the angler to, you know, go out on, in the flats and, and fish saltwater and really get, you know, the, the powerful long cast they need to, to, you know, bonefish in the flats or even, you know, out in the Pacific Northwest for, for steelhead and um, even, you know, those small trout streams. It, it, it offers and delivers a lot of um, benefits that cork doesn't um, from a durability standpoint. Um, and from a performance standpoint. So uh, we're really loving it. And uh... At Midway USA, we know the AR-15 is one of the most popular rifles in modern American history. Known for its modularity and widespread use, it's often considered essential to any gun collection. The essential things you need to run an AR-15 are usually always in stock during shortages, things like magazines and 5.56 ammo. Whether you're looking to buy a new AR-15 or buy parts for your modern sporting rifle, Log on, and for just about everything for the outdoors, shop MidwayUSA.com. They've been hard to keep on the shelves at retail, so... That's good? Yeah. yeah. Really excited. Are there companies trying to kind of copy, mimic, come out with their own version now that you guys came out with a novel approach to something and they want to jump in on that? There's on the a, bandwagon? There's a few other companies who are kind of dabbling in uh, different technologies with handles outside of cork. Uh, but none of none of them are using um, 
anything like the custom wind grip that we've uh, developed uh, with wind grips. Um, they're they're big in uh, the golf world for all kinds of different golf grips and different technologies in the golf world, and uh, we were able to work with them to create a custom grip that works, you know, in the fly fishing industry, and um, you know, no one's no one else has grabbed onto that yet. So uh, we're just going to continue to uh, to push the boundaries on it, um, and then in the coming years. So fantastic! What are you introducing for 2015? So this year we we're coming out with uh, a different color lockup. Um, it has it's a it's called the Vapen Black, um, and cosmetically it, it's it's a little bit different from, than the uh, the Vapen Red, but it it uses the same blank and the same components. Um, it just give her, it gives the the customer a different option. If uh, if you know the the red handles. Uh, a little too uh, too much for you on the water. Ostentatious. Um, yeah. Um, it makes a great photo, though. Red always oh, yeah. shows up well. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. And, uh, you know, the black is just kind of a subtle, a little more subtle option uh, for an angler who who um, wants kind of, you know, a more toned-down version um, and doesn't want to want that, uh, the bright bright red color. So um, it's, it's, a, it's a beautiful... Um, trim wraps, um, a sand, nice sanded uh, blank, um, and it complements well with the, the charcoal uh, handle that we've, uh, we're have we pushing out for 2015. Fantastic. Now another question, part of my job is to get my clients equipment and tell them what they need. What would be, let's say someone's just new, has maybe three, $400 to spend, what would you say, and we mostly fish 9 foot 5 weights in the D.C. area, what rod would you recommend for that starter person? Um, specifically, or yeah, a certain model okay. that you might have on Pro Guy Direct that yeah. I can sell for you. Um, I mean, the uh, the Vapen Red's a great option for a high-end uh, rod, a high-performance rod. Um, it sits at uh, three forty-nine, so that's a great option. Um, if you're if you're looking at um, something more traditional action, the Classic Trout's a great option. Um, it's kind of a more moderate um, action, kind of more specific to trout um, and smaller freshwater species. Um, and a 9-foot 5 weight's, you know, obviously, like, kind of like the perfect go-to beginner setup rod. Um, and another, another great option is the... Uh, the Voyant here, the Voyant's a... Um, I like the finish on that. Yeah, it's it's got a beautiful, um, like, burgundy-ish uh, red, red finish. Um, it's, a, it's a great beginner trout rod, and, uh, you know, it'd be a great rod to fish from a boat or, or wading, you know. So, for any species, fresh or salt. Nice. Are you uh, comfortable talking about some of the waiter stuff? Yeah. All right, so we're here with some women's waiters. Let's talk about how they're made to fit the ladies. Uh, the Reddington Siren waiters are uh, a new waiter we came out with um, in 2014. Um, they, they're, it's unique because they offer two different uh, fit options. Um, we're calling the, the slimmer fit uh, arcade waiter and the more um, curvy cur- curvature, you know, um, form. Uh, the the hourglassy shape, yeah, yeah Maryland. That's awesome. Maryland waiter. So, it's uh, it's a great it's great for women because it gives them you know the opportunity to to really um, 
get a waiter that's going to fit fit whatever form they are um, and really be comfortable on their body. Um, so these waiters come in two sizes, but they're they're both at the at $219, and uh, the performance to feature benefits. Um, pretty much outmatch anything else on the market and they're they're an amazing waiter they have reinforced knees for you know all those you know walking through the brush crawling along the riverbanks and, and just they're really durable and then they also offer a lot of nice little uh features that are great for any woman and things that are kind of specific to um to what ladies are looking for. So they have a nice waterproof zipper on the front, um, a flip-out pocket, um, some nice um, uh, stretch stretch uh, under the arms, and then they have an incorporated uh, a mesh lining on the back of the, the straps. Um, so extreme, extremely comfortable, extremely well-fitting. Um, they're kind of tailored. You can find a waiter that's going to be just tailored almost specifically to you. So uh, that's really unique for us. And uh, they have some nice patterning on them as well. So um, Fantastic. That sums up most of my questions. Um, I want to say, whoever does your Instagram, those pictures are just nuts. I, it makes me so angry that I live in suburbia. It's like Pacific Northwest, like the greenest greens and bright red vape and stuck in there with a the steel head. Yeah, it's just awesome. I'm always just in awe of whoever's taking those pictures. Yeah, actually, uh, I manage our, our social media site, and um, a lot of all of the the Reddington uh, Instagrams. And if you're not following us already, um, get on Instagram and uh, follow Red, at Reddington Gear um, to to follow us on all of our adventures and uh, see what's new and see what we're doing. Um, and uh, it'll inspire you to get out on the water. For sure. So. Fantastic. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining. Thank you, guys. Um, and going to Reddington.com, check out all of our products. All right. We got Sam Root from Salty Shores. Yeah. Sam, I follow you on a lot of social media, and it just looks like you just have fun all the time. What is it exactly that you do? Well, the thing is, you got to make it look fun. Nobody wants to follow a Debbie Downer, I tell you. Life is not perfect by any means possible. I do a lot of stuff. I do anything. Basically, what I tell people when they ask me that question is, I do whatever it takes to stay out of the cubicle. And, that, and that's basically the concept, right? Nobody wants to uh, uh, see that you're having a bad time. You don't want to hang out with somebody that's, that's negative. So I try to exude positiveness. And, you know, it, it, it comes across as, as me being happy all the time and all that stuff, which is great. But it's not by all means reality. What is the definition of Sam rooting it? Sam rooting it is eating all these nice, crazy foods and even some strange food at times. And sometimes you uh, just overindulge, overindulge for the sake of social media. <laughs> and let's talk about the tournament that you run. I run Salty Fly, which uh, started off as a 40-person, 40 40-boat 40 uh, social media experiment I did back a few years ago. And now it turned to a monster three-day event with uh, Hell's Bay as a title sponsor. And we have over 100 boats last year, all fly. Not what's, the, what's the target species for those? Target species we have is a catch-and-release deal, conservation base, two redfish, one trout, two-man team. All right. Yeah. 
so it works out pretty good and we have it like in March so the water's still clear in Tampa Bay if you want to test your redfish fly fishing skill Tampa is the way to, to test it because it's one of the toughest places to catch a redfish and I've, I've talked to a bunch of tournament anglers that fish all through southeast Florida and southeast United States actually and it says Tampa all the way to Punta Gorda is the toughest place to catch redfish never seen one in my life except in a fish tank oh my god you need to come down there at any time going to Charleston in a couple weeks hopefully. oh yeah that's plenty of fish there too they're dumber than our fish though now how do you get girls in bikinis to go on your boat all the time you know I tell them I'm a photographer and uh, I show you know at first they, they think I'm creepy and stuff right but then I start showing them my portfolios and calendars and pictures oh, they're all about it you know these girls they love exposure I was talking with AJ Gottschalk from Alan Reels and he was saying you're a creep if you take a picture of a girl with an iPhone but if you've got a DSLR She's like, ooh, I'm going to get exposure and someone's going to find me. You know what? That might be true in the past, but now they're wising up. These girls say, hey, DSLR, I can buy that too at Best Buy for $500. <laughs> but yeah, they're definitely wising up to that, that concept. But believe it or not, some of the, the phone pictures look pretty damn good these days, man. They're good. Now, have you seen some of the GoPro stuff? It's phenomenal. That GoPro is, that GoPro is ridiculous. No, the GoPro is uh, definitely the, 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 the cope of the... POV cameras. They, they got the market dominated. Everybody else is just catching up. So where can we find you online? You can find me online at SaltyShores.com. You can also find me on Instagram with uh, Instagram slash SCSSam. And also on Facebook, which is uh, Facebook.com slash SaltyShores or Sam.Root. All right. Y'all need a hashtag Sam rooting it when you're eating that stuff. Eating, eating that stuff, a hashtag uh, Salty Shores or whatever. If you go on Instagram now, look up iCast2014 hashtag. I got a lot of videos of the latest, greatest stuff on there. And it's, it's pretty cool stuff this year. Yeah, you were the one that had probably the most social media presence last year. That's when I really found out who you were. And then I started following you. I'm like, dude, this guy is out and about all the time. You know, but you can tell also a lot of people are doing it because they're getting paid to do it or something like that. I do because I like to do it and sharing the passion and stuff. I, I, I don't get paid a lot of money for taking pictures of tailing redfish, but you know what? It is so cool and people love it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, tailing redfish, most, nine, nine times out of ten, if you see a tailing redfish, you're not pulling out your phone, you're pulling out your rod. So That's hard to do. That's very hard to do, especially for guys like you who don't see a lot of that. You screw that freaking phone, man. I want to catch that thing. But, it, but, but, but at the end of the day, even if you catch it, all you got is a fishing story and you holding up a fish. But it's cooler to actually show what you saw and witness how cool it was. Like like last week when I got, was on the stingrays and the redfish tailing around the stingray. Oh, eat, eating everything they're kicking up? They were eating everything they were kicking up. I got videos and photos. Wow. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I'm glad I finally got to meet you and get you on the podcast. Hey, man, I'm glad uh, you did, too. Man, it's, it's fun always doing stuff like this. This this is why I do it, man, to meet people like you who's passionate about it as much as I am and to do cool stuff like this, hanging out at Costas, drinking free beers. Yeah, and it's, it's free cocktails in a couple hours, too, at Cuba Libre. Absolutely. I'll see you there. Yeah. All right, cheers. Thanks. Thanks, man. All right, we have Canada's own Paula Shear. How are things going at ICAST? Everything's going great. There's lots of people, lots to see, and lots of new things that will be coming out next year. Fantastic. So, Instagram, you catch monster steelhead in B.C. Do you want to talk about how lucky you are to have those fish? I guess, where, where are you in British Columbia? Well, I do northern B.C. and coastline B.C. I kind of, like, I fish all around B.C. for steelhead, and I, I'm pretty much just lucky, I guess, to catch such beautiful fish. Like, there is some incredible fish in B.C., and 
to fish and catch these fish is absolutely incredible because until you reel them in and kind of look at them for what they are, they're absolutely amazing. You're swinging flies for these fish? Absolutely, only swinging. A lot of two-handers. Lots of two-handers, long days, long hours, step after step, working my chance to get that one. Particular rod reel setup you're using? Um, I have a G. Loomis NRX 13 foot. Um, I have an 8.9, as well as I am a, have hatch. I have a 9 plus hatch that works perfectly with that. And whatever line I feel like works for me, I'll line it up with that for the particular day. Do you have a fishing buddy that takes all these pictures of you? I fish with a lot of people. A lot of my friends, I fish with different people. So whoever's with me that day, um, they'll take a photo. If not, then sometimes I'm lucky enough to have a, a GoPro by my hand and stick it in the rocks and have it take a shot every two seconds so I'm able to pick that shot I want. Are you using tube flies, articulated streamers, you throw in uh, intruders. What are you throwing up there? For which, which fish species? For steelies. For steelhead. Oh, okay. For steelhead, I definitely just do. I'm more of an intruder style. I like. I'm recently starting to do smaller intruders. I like having a smaller fly. I think it's a, a better presentation and just flows better in the water for me. And you recently went to Scotland. Yes, I recently went to Scotland. Um, we were fishing. What was I? I'm trying to remember the name of it. Oh my god. Um, yeah, we were fishing once in your lifetime in Scotland, and basically it was the idea of flying to Scotland and fishing for Atlantic salmon, which we tried for the first week. Unfortunately, I wasn't lucky enough to hook one, but we spent many hours on it and tried and put our effort in, but no luck. And then the second week, we went up to Lake Ascent and fished in the locks, which are lakes, and we were fishing for wild brown trout. As you guys know, I'm doing a big podcast on brown trout, so you hear all about the lake ones. Um, so Scotland actually has the brown trout that is basically stocked all around the world. Like this country is so known for its brown trout. It's so known for its brown trout, um, and all these places in the world have been taken. Like they stock, uh, they stock these brown trout from Scotland. And so we basically fished that. We fished uh, a few different locks, some up in the mountains and hills and many different places. And uh, you're catching nice, nice brown trout. Nothing huge, nice 12-inch brown trout, but absolutely beautiful to be able to fish such a natural species in its home. What's it like catching redfish on a flood tide from a paddleboard? Catching redfish on a stand-up paddleboard is probably one of my favorite experiences. Um, it was just so unique to go down to Florida and paddle out on a paddleboard that I'd never been on before and see these tailing fish. It gave you the opportunity to see so many more fish and have so many more opportunities at casting to this fish. So I got really lucky at casting um, to my first tailing fish I saw and actually landing it. That's ridiculous. Yeah. What, what is the uh, name of the movie you guys shot? Um, it was Fly Nation Surf's Up episode, and it was done with Rob and John from Boat, who are here today, actually. B-O-T-E? B-O-T-E. I think I'm going to uh, head down there pretty quick and get a, a reunion photo, because it's been a while since I've seen them. Where can we find you on social media? Um, I am on 
on Instagram, just Paula Shearer, as well as I have a Facebook page, Paula Shearer PS on the Fly, which is more driven towards my guiding that I do on the Bow River. So other than that, that's kind of where I am. I also have a blog at uh, PS on the Fly, and so yeah, I'm kind of around. All right. How's Florida treating you? Florida's absolutely. I haven't actually I haven't even seen much of Florida because I've been inside this building for most of the day. Um, but it's hot and really, really humid, and the humidity is something I'm not used to. It's killing me that you know I saw like a 10-pound dead floater, largemouth outside, just in the pond right out front. There's fish out in the pond? Yeah, I'll show you the picture. And that I'm not fishing here. It's it kills me. It's I like going. Get a rod for that pond. Yeah, I'll show you the picture. It thing was like the size of a baby. Rods here and some flies yeah. and some lines. I think we could put something together to get the. Take the paddle board out. Let's do it. All right. Okay. Thanks so much. I'm glad I finally got to meet you. Yeah, it's great to see you as well. Hope to see you soon. Well, that wraps up my iCast for the year. I am physically exhausted. The atrophy of my body walking on cement is terrible. My ankles are cankles now. I don't know if it's just edema, fluid buildup. But yeah, I got cankles. I look like a pregnant woman. So I got most of the people I wanted to get to. Um, just people weren't at the booths. A lot of people are doing their work, just trying to sell to companies. So I, you know, we'll see who I get tonight at the Costa party. I'm gonna go back. I need to elevate my feet. Um, I want to thank Shimano for providing me with a cheese quesadilla, some port salute cheese, and a Ingus slider. Got to give a shout out to Sims for hooking a brother up with some nacho chips. Uh, yeah, great day, a lot of networking, bunch of free stuff. I want to say thanks to Pitchfork Tools for giving me another one of their cutters to replace the broken one that I have. It still works, it's broken though. Um, I came in probably dead last in the Ironfly tying contest. What else happened today? Yeah, but I got a lot of free stuff, so um, I'll follow up with all that when I digest it at home. Got some uh, some redfish fly materials and just all sorts of crazy stuff. I got to sit next to Frank Smethurst during the Iron Fly. I definitely want to track him down. He's got a, a great story. Fascinating, fascinating man. Oh, uh, what else, kids? Yeah, so I, I'm going back now. I am. I'm literally beat. I've been walking since. 8.10 this morning, it's now 5.48, and I'm probably going to be on my feet till probably 11 o'clock tonight. Got a 1 o'clock flight tomorrow, so I'm not coming back here to the show. I just picked up a Frog Togs water bottle, so I can fill that up once I get uh, through security and get some nice cold water going. Yeah, that's about it, so stay tuned. We'll see what we can figure out for this evening. Maybe we'll bump into people in the airport. Who knows, but I definitely want some... Latin style food at Cuba Libre tonight. I want one tropical drink and the biggest effing club soda with a lemon wedge that you have ever seen. That's it for now. Uh, yeah. I'll check back with you in a couple minutes. Around for this I'm crazy and obnoxious, but. If you, um, um, if you, here, I'm gonna give you my card. Yeah. Alright, so we are gonna do the last podcast of the evening. We're out at. Um, where are we? Cuba Libre. So we have Eamon here, and he is with um, Recycled Baits. Rebates. I'm sorry, Rebates. So the first time I kind of heard about doing this thing was on Tej's podcast or the Activist Angler website that people discard their 
rubber worms and swim baits. Bass will eat them. They get stuck in their digestive tract. So now it appears, you know, I've always just found um, these things, you know, floating or on the riverbank, and I stuff in my pocket and I threw them in the garbage can. But now there's actually a place where we can, and a company that takes care of these, reduce, reuse, recycle. So, Eamon, let's just hear what you have to say and how you're making our, our waters cleaner, safer, more fishable, and what you do. Well, I appreciate you, first of all, interviewing me. I love your podcast. Number one, I'd like to say reduce, reuse, recycle. That was the old term. Now it's retrieve, recycle, rebates. That's the new that's a new phase that we use. And the, what we're basically asking from anglers is one simple thing, and that's to change the habit, change a little bit of the habit that they've always done their whole entire life and that they, it's, it's, it's not their fault. It's been passed down from generation to generation. Usually when you hear about a volunteer project, you hear about volunteering your time away from your family. You hear about uh, uh, volunteering money. You hear about uh, uh, things that involve stuff that a lot of anglers don't have time for. But rebates is different, and that's R-E-B-A-I-T-S, and the website is rebates.org. And the reason why it's different is because we're not asking for that. We're simply asking the angler to change the ways. My grandfather, he always taught me, whenever I went fishing with him, with his grape ribbon tail worms, he, he would used to bite the top end off them, they'd spit it in the water, and he'd say, that's what you do. And he always used to think that would biodegrade over 10 years or whatever. Well, we now know that it doesn't biodegrade as fast as we'd like it to. So instead of that, we ask that anglers, if you have a torn worm or if you have a worm that needs to be replaced, you simply put it in your boat and you wait. We are now working on uh, uh, containers that fit nicely in boats so you don't have to fill the bottom of your boat with uh, soft plastics. You can simply put them in these in these bags and these containers, um, which hopefully will be out soon before the Bassmaster Classic in 2015. And uh, at the end of the day, uh, you should be able to very soon, within the next six months, uh, just like you can re recycle your line and uh, put it in these containers uh, at, the, at, the, at the ramps, um, you should be able to do the same thing with your soft plastic base. And um, uh, one of the things that has changed tremendously is that the state of Maine tried to ban soft plastic baits. Well, little did they know that that is a major impact on economic, socioeconomic uh, uh, people and their jobs. So that was going to affect the jobs and, and so many different ways. It's not even funny. People are going to lose their work. They're going to lose the ability to take care of their family. You can't just take away someone's livelihood like that because of something you think that there's science behind when there's really not. These baits aren't harming the bass. It's simply litter, just like cigarette butts are litter. All we are asking is we want to be responsible anglers. We want to provide rebates, wants to provide bins at ramps in states across, right now, Florida, Maine, Kentucky. They're leading the way. Uh, uh, providing these bins that you can put your baits into, they will then empty those baits, the workers of uh, the FWCs of Fish and Wildlife Commissions of those states, and put them in prepaid boxes that are then shipped to us and our recyclers, which is unheard of because we, we're paying for the shipping. Mm -hmm. And that's on the uh, side of the ramps and parks and public access points to lakes. The other 
uh, a part of rebates is that we are providing prepaid uh, poly envelopes in which people can pick up at state uh, nationwide um, retailers, very familiar ones that people are familiar with. I can't mention the names just yet, but people will know who they are, and pretty soon it'll be all over the place who they are because there'll be a sticker on the front door of those places that says official rebates uh, collection point. You can walk in there and you can grab as many of those poly envelopes as you would like that are prepaid. So it costs you nothing. You can bring them back to your club, whether it's bass fishing, snook fishing, trout fishing, whatever it is. And you can put those recycling, those recyclable plastic baits in that bag, put it in the mailbox, and it'll be shipped to us and our recyclers. And people say, well, what do you do with all those recycled baits? Well, it's simple. We have recyclers all over the country. We worked very hard to get them to realize that uh, our soft plastic baits, although they contain, contain contaminants, we've asked them to work on a way of removing those contaminants. And when I mean contaminants, I mean salt, uh, scent, um, uh, colors, uh, uh, hooks, uh, fishing line, your basic what they consider contaminants, um, we consider just part of fishing. And they would remove those to return that product back to a raw material and sell it to companies that make things like uh, uh, mainly the outer coating of coaxial cables. And the reason why they use that is because it makes those, those coaxial cables pliable. The same reason why soft plastic baits are, are pliable is the same reason why coaxial cables, the telephone lines that you speak on every day, the telephone lines, the modem lines that you use on your computer every day are made with the same materials, which is petroleum-based. So if you've looked at the price of gas lately, you'll notice it goes up and up and up. Mm -hmm. So why not recycle something that we know is made with petroleum that these companies can use to make, uh, to, 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 to put back into the process, manufacturing process of their coaxial cables and it goes back into the system. Therefore, these baits no longer end up in our waterways, they no, enter, no longer end up in our trash cans, and they sure no, I hate to say hell, they sure as hell no longer end up in our landfills. Because our landfills, I was, I had the privilege of visiting two or three landfills in the state of Florida, and I didn't know Florida had mountains, oh, but yeah. we do. The seagulls are everywhere all over them. And our mountains are made of trash. Yeah. And when I looked that's at, what that's what uh, Staten Island is. Exactly, exactly. And when I looked at these mountains, the amount of recycled material in these, horrible. I can believe. And people say, why does China have so much more money than we do? Because they peep, they pay people to go through their landfills, pull out the recyclable material, and they recycle it. And we could do the same thing as anglers. And it's our duty, it's our obligation to do it as anglers, to recycle this bait. And it's so easy to do because, again, we're not asking for money. We're not asking for you to spend time away for your family. We're asking you, instead of throwing that bait in the water that your granddad did, my granddad did, my granddad taught me to do, my dad did, and I might have taught my son to do, we keep them in our boat until the end of the day. And then hopefully they end up in that rebates container 
collection bin at, at the end of your fishing day. And if you don't have that rebates collection bin at your boat ramp, you contact us through rebates.org and we will have one up there as soon as possible. That's awesome. So if you guys have any questions and you want to get a hold of us, you can reach us at rebates.org. You can also reach me. My name is Eamon, very Irish name. And uh, you can reach me through my email, which is rebatesfishing at gmail.com or ebolton at rebates.com. And I am willing enough because I'm so passionate about this project and so is people like the reason why I'm at ICAST. And I'm going to be very honest because I'm, I'm, a, I'm an angler. And I always say... This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Decova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. The anglers you can trust are the ones that are wearing the stuff they just got done fishing with and do interviews just like this. So I will be very honest when I say my phone number is 813-422-9384. RP, one more time, 813-422-9384. If you have any questions, if you want a rebate box put up in your area, you contact me directly. I answer my phone. I will tell you how it will be done and when we could do it. Realistically, starting at the Bassmaster Classic in 2015 in February is when we will have the logistics completed and finished out. Shipping was the most expensive part, and we are paying for the shipping. We are paying for you guys to ship your baits to us. No one else is willing to do that. We are. And by doing that, that should make this pro this pro program doable for everyone. And uh, we hope that everyone participates because if you do enough research online, you will find that Maine recently tried to ban soft plastic baits. The only reason why they didn't, and it's in the rule books in Maine, is because they said programs like rebates, R-E-B-A-I-T-S, created by Eamon Bolton, are the reason, are reason enough for us to believe that anglers are smart enough to learn to know these baits need to be recycled rather than thrown in landfills or thrown back in the water. And we set precedent. We set a positive precedent for anglers. That precedent, that was a shot over the bow. That was a warning. That was a warning to anglers across the country. That was to say, guess what? You guys, you, you made it work in Maine, but there's, 50, there's 49 other states. 
and we are working hard to make it work in all 49 other states. And I am working with every major organization in the industry, all the major bait manufacturers, all the organizations like BASS, uh, 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 Pure Fishing, who makes Berkeley, uh, you name it, I'm working with them, Yamamoto, Custom Baits, I'm working with all of them right now, we're all on the same page, and we're, we, we can make this happen to avoid any regulations that are unneeded in the future. And fishermen don't need any more regulations. We have enough as is with access, with lead, with everything else they can think of. We can't wade the Potomac anymore. It's now legal to wade the, to enter the Potomac River. Wow, that's the first time I heard that. That's unbelievable. Unbelievable. Because it's a national park. You can go and wade in Yellowstone. You can go wade beyond a state park, but you can't wade the Potomac in, in one foot of water. Yeah, which is funny to me because Yellowstone is like the biggest volcano in the world. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, they're not worried about you blowing up one day, but uh, they care about the, uh, I'm guessing it's because the felt on the waders. Because you get dumped drunk people that will just jump off the cliffs into the rapids and drown. So we're being punished because some guy will jump right below Great Falls where the water's like 350 cubic feet per second flowing through there. Well, well my solution to that is is to sell licenses to be able to catch those people after they die when they jump off that bridge. And then if you can catch those guys <laughs> and... Uh, put a tag on them? Put a tag on them. You know, take a picture with them. I don't want to really want to eat them. But it's another, it's another sport fish, if you ask me. But that's just stupidity. Anglers, for the most part, very intelligent people. We realize what we're doing. Uh, we know the science behind what we're doing. Um, we wouldn't have such successful shows like ICAST, the Fred Hall show, Expos. We wouldn't have, uh, it wouldn't be such a big industry. In Florida alone, in Florida alone, people come from all over the world to catch their 10 pound bass. What's the, what income does Florida get just from sport fishing every year? 60 billion. That's like GDP of small countries. 60 billion, yeah, 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 GDP. Nuts. 60 billion, yeah, 60 billion. Uh, uh, from last I heard, uh, uh, the f uh, just bass alone uh, was somewhere close to 1.5 billion, and just freshwater fishing alone was close to 2.5 billion. Because obviously we're surrounded by salt water, but people come for our uh, Lake Okeechobee, our Lake Kissimmee's. That's why Bassmaster has their their Elite Series tournaments, the Super Bowl fishing's yeah. tournaments here, because we have these natural lakes that are just amazing to fish. Florida is the place to fish, and if you haven't hooked on to a bass, a, a freshwater bass, or a snook, or a tarpon that's giving you the fight of your life. You're missing something on your bucket list. I mean, it means you need to you need to go back and, and re-edit that bucket list because there's no better feeling. And if you don't care about that, then you need to think about your children and generations after that. Because to see the face on a child who just caught his first bass or just caught his first bluegill. My three-year-old just got her first three bluegill. She's three. And she was, she was screeching. She was so excited. How did that make you feel? Oh, my God. I was so proud. And it's the, I, she used the rod that I got when I was 10. It's an amazing feeling, and that's how we feel in Florida. It's 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 not so much that we're 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 catching fish. It's more so the experience. It's 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 not the destination. It's the journey. Mm -hmm. The feeling that 
knowing that you were able to convince a fish to to bite that lure, or even if you're using live bait, knowing that you were able to get that fish to to bite that line, and then you were able to bring it in and win. You're winning a race. It's a race. No matter what way you look at it, it's a race. Some people can't run marathons. I can't, but I can shear fish, and that's a marathon to me. And when I catch that fish and I get it on land, that's me crossing the finish line. If I don't get it on land, that's me trying my best to get across that finish line. And I'll tell you what, the second best part about catching those fish is putting them back and watching them swim away as healthy as can be. And we know uh, because of I, I work closely with uh, uh, Tom Shampoo, the head biologist for the state of Florida, and we know these fish, not only does it make, it, make them hardier, but they, they, they don't feel the pain like people may say they feel. They, these fish, it makes them stronger. The survival of the fittest. They're warier. They're warier. Smarter. Smarter. Yeah. The pressure makes them, uh, um, it, it makes them more of a, the reason why we call them sport fish is because it really is a sport. If everyone could catch them, we would just call it catching. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I'm not going to do the cliche and say, but we call it fishing. I'm going to tell you, not everyone can catch them. And that's why we have things like Grand Slams. That's why we have things where we catch different species. And it's very difficult to catch fish. And if you take the time and the patience and you learn how to do it, my dad... He's a Tai Chi matcher, master. He's been doing Tai Chi for 15 years. Okay, he's written, written 13 books on the stock market. He's a professor, Ivy League professor, for many, many years. And he compares fishing to meditation, and he compares fishing to Tai Chi. And he says he gets the same effect from catching a bass as he does from Interesting. doing Tai Chi. Wow. Can you imagine that? Yeah. His blood pressure lowers. Even though your blood pressure raises when you catch that fish, because that's the excitement. But watching that fish swim back in the water, knowing how hardy it is, and swim away healthy, it's therapeutic. And that is what people will pay money for. And that's why people pay money for it. That's why people come to Florida. And when they come to Orlando and they come to see Disney World, you would be surprised how many of them say, why I'm here, I would like to fish one of the best bass lakes in the world, which is the Kissimmee Chain of Lakes. I feel like it's blasphemous that I came with no fishing equipment. I just thought, oh my God. Like I said, I'm telling everyone, there's that huge fish in the ditch right in front of the... That's bigger than any any bass you're ever going to see in the Potomac River system. Yeah, well, Rob, and I'm like, dude, that's in a that's what a ditch can do. Yeah, Rob, I'll tell you what, right now, Florida, we created the trophy catch program. The trophy catch program, any fish over eight pounds, we have the most high tech hatcheries in the world in Florida. We have two of them, three of them now. But the reason why we have them is because we are trying to grow those fish 12 pounds and over. Because people travel to Mexico. They go to the middle of Mexico where there are, where you have the chance of eating. Your head cut off. Yeah, you said it. I didn't. Yeah. Just so the cartel knows, he said it. I did not. Yes, exactly. Spend the money here in the States. 
And what we do, if you catch a fish eight pounds or more, and you send that picture in to the FWC, Fish and Wildlife Commission, they use forensic techniques, same thing the police use, to determine whether or not that fish is eight pounds or higher, and they will send you prizes like you will not believe. Everything from coastal sunglasses, from Berkeley products, uh, Rapala products, Columbia shirts, you name it, they'll send it to you, and uh, all for eight pounds or above. Anything over 12 pounds, they will come and see you. They will call you immediately and they will, they will Show me with you. your hands, how big is a 12 pound bass? Well, we're talking like a French baguette length. Yes, a French baguette. Now, now, now in Florida, you have some bass that are fatter than others. Okay, like I'm 6'4", and I weigh 300 pounds. Some people would say I'm, you know, husky. Other people would say I'm a big bass. But most people would say, you know, a big bass in Florida weighs about 8 to 13 pounds, and its stomach is what makes it so big. And that's what makes it so big. And My jaw's on the, fl- the ground. And that fish, the reason why the Fish and Wildlife Commission of Florida wants it is because we are the best biologists in the world. Why? Because we have the best fish hatcheries in the world. And we want the genes of those fish. So when someone calls the trophy catch program and says, okay. I have a 12-pound bass or higher, or I have an 8-pound bass or higher. They want they want that X and Y chromosomes from that fish. and They will come out pick up the bass in a special truck that is made to keep that bass alive, that pumps oxygen and nutrients and everything you can imagine in that truck to keep that fish alive so they can breed that fish and find that gene that makes that fish so big to bring those big bass back. And and that's dollar signs. Yeah, because everyone wants to catch the biggest fish. Back in the day, uh, I mean, we had people catch 16, 17, 18 pound bass. And we know we can grow them again. We just need to get that gene. Um, We had people harvest those fish. And and, and after uh, BASS uh, started the catch and release movement, people started releasing the fish. And then the fish started growing again. So we know that if we uh, keep releasing these fish, they'll keep growing. Uh, And so with that being said, after that fish is bred in their high-tech hatcheries, which I suggest you take a tour of and film, it's open to the public, then they take the fish that you caught from your lake and they return it to it healthier than it was before you caught it. Wow. So that fish can be caught again. And if you catch the biggest fish in Florida for that year, you get a Super Bowl ring. Why do I say a Super Bowl ring? It's made by the same company that makes the World Series rings and the Super Bowl rings. He's a Florida angler, and he loves he loves handing out a ring that says, I caught the biggest bass in Florida. It has diamonds, it's made out of gold, so nine cool. yards, it's awesome. And everyone who enters uh, by going online, the Trophy Catch program, they're entered in to win a brand new boat. Each year it's different, but it's loaded. Loaded with uh, a Lorance, sometimes it'll be a Skeeter, sometimes it'll be a Legend, sometimes it'll be a, uh, um, um, I think the other year it was a, um, a Triton, um, and it's loaded with Lorance uh, 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 optics, uh, uh, transducers, the whole nine yards, ready to go, brand new, you win it. And you don't have to catch the biggest bass to win that. Anyone who signs up for the Trophy Catch program by going to myfwc.com and joins the Trophy Catch program, 
is entered into that contest. And that boat is amazing. And I'll tell you what, it is unbelievable. And I've seen the guys who win it twice now, and not neither of them were from Florida. Neither of them. And that shows you how many people come to Florida to, to fish for these fish. And then they leave with a $70,000 boat. So, and then everyone else who enters that eight pound and above, I had a friend who said, you know what? I caught like seven, seven fish that were over eight pounds. They, some, none of them were over 10, but I, I did everything they said. I took the pictures, I sent them in, blah, blah, blah. And I thought, you know, it was full of it, whatever. Then one day my wife says, I think you should come home and look at this. I come home from work and my wife hands me a check for $800. He got a check for $800 just for catching those fish. That is, you, I mean, there's got to be people that's, as an amateur, that's that pays the bill. That's unbelievable. Yeah, it's unbelievable. So, yeah, man, it's, um, Florida is, is, I used to live in Destin. Destin named itself the luckiest fishing village in the world. And it's true because the continental shelf, uh, if you're a saltwater fisherman, uh, it's 20 miles out off of uh, this part of Florida. But if you go, well, I'm sorry, uh, we're on the uh, east coast of Florida now, but, uh, or middle Florida. But if you go to Clearwater Beach and that sort of thing, the continental shelf where all the fish are, the big fish, and they, because they, they travel with the Gulf Stream, mm-hmm. that's about 20 miles out. Well, in certain areas like Destin, the shelf comes in a little closer and you can go only about seven miles out and catch uh-huh. trivia. So they call it the luckiest fishing village. But when you get places like uh, 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 the Kissimmee Chain Lakes, which are attached by Florida's aquifer, which means you know what our, our aquifer is, right? Our aquifer attaches every body of water for the most part. They have done tagging studies where they have tagged fish and put them in one lake and, and found they're moving. And they found them in a lake that was like 100 miles away. Wow. It's like the subway system. Travel the aquifer. And, really and I've been cool. a diver my whole life. And I worked at many dive shops my whole life. And I've, I've, I've dove in those caves. And I've seen bass, man, that I know were over 10 pounds. I know we're over 10 pounds. So they're there. They're like, what are you doing down here? So I was looking like, at you like, what the they're, hell? They're there. They're there. They're there. And, 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 you know, back to the rebates program, you know. Because of all this tourism has attracted to our, our trophy fishing, not just bass fishing, which is our main thing, but uh, also uh, intro fishing, snook, uh, uh, snook tarpon, uh, trout, unbelievable intro fishing, and then the offshore fishing, uh, bottom fishing like grouper, um, snapper, uh, amberjacks, which we call reef donkeys because they're so tough to get in the boat. They're brutes. And, that, uh, that on an eight weight is just... But hey, they'll destroy it. Like on a 10 weight, that's going to punish you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, just a quick side note. I was fishing on my uh, stepfather's boat. I baited the hook, had the boat leaning against the gunwale. The bait was in the water. A reef donkey came up, ate the bait, took the rod in the water. And my, uncle look, uh, my stepdad looked at me and he goes, that wasn't my rod, was it? <laughs> Needless to say, I bought him a new rod. Anyway, besides that, the reason why it's become such a, well, because it has become such a big tourist destination, we have decided to create these programs like rebates, uh, uh, which help uh, because so many people want to catch them on artificial lures. I mean, catching them on shiners is fun. 
You know, if you're going to take your kid out fishing for the first time, use live bait, use worms, use blood worms, use whatever, use, use mealworms. Let them feel that tug. That's going to get them hooked. Mm -hmm. And I say that in a facetious right. way. I always say that kids that fished, they don't get in trouble either. I mean, when we were fishing, we're not getting it. There were kids I grew up with that didn't fish. There was trouble, make general statement, but yeah, kids that fish are just, they're different than non-angling children. My brother's kids, the first thing they say when they get a bite, and I take them fishing all the time, is, Dad, what do I do? They look for their dad for advice. What do I do? My brother always says, you start reeling in and start reeling in. And it's only a bluegill, it's only a, you know. But one time it happened to be a 12-pound mudfish. Mudfish? Mudfish, we call it, they're bowfin. Oh, bowfin, yeah, yeah, I know. We call them mudfish down here. And he, to this day, talks about that as the best experience of his life. Wow. And when us bass anglers, tournament anglers, catch a, a bowfin or a mudfish, we think of that as... Oh my gosh, my line's destroyed, my hook is bent, my blah, blah, blah. It's but, worth it. But to a little kid, that is the best experience of, of their life. Yeah. And, and and that's... Catching fish on live bait or worms or whatever is amazing. And that's the way you want your child to start out. But when they get to that point where they want to get a little bit you know, more involved, that's when you start using those artificial. And it teaches them a life lesson. It teaches them a life lesson. And I found that out myself from fishing my whole life. That life lesson is I just caught this fish by using something that wasn't even real. I caught this fish by using a plastic worm. I caught this fish by using a plastic crankbait or a, a balsa crankbait. And, and these fish are smart. They're not dumb. Anyone who's been around fish, you go to Key West, they have an area uh, where you can actually feed the tarpon. And they will... They, 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 the guys who clean the tarpon, they'll take the skin from Wahoo, which is strong as can be, put a hole in it so you can put your finger through it. So the, the tarpon will eat that Wahoo and not, and not pull you in. And you, can, and you can like tug back and forth with them and see how strong they am or, or they are. And uh, I was there one time when this kid, he was doing that and he fell in. And everyone freaked out thinking these massive tarpon were going to eat them. This came, probably just like black labs after you play with like a sock toy or something, right? By the time we got the kid out of the water, it looked like he had the best hickeys in the world. They're, they're like, they, they gave him hickeys like you wouldn't believe. He was, he, little little hickey. They they knew he wasn't bait. Yeah. They knew he wasn't part of the diet. I, I've been a diver my whole life. I've been diving with sharks in four different continents, Fiji. Uh, when I went diving in Fiji, the guy said to me, you know what? If black something, tips. yep, uh, reef sharks, black yeah. tip, white tips, um, Boswella. He said, if something happens to you, just uh, remember um, the nearest hospital is uh, too far away. So basically, you can keep the dive gear if you die. You know, that's not what you want to hear. But when it comes to fish in Florida, so many people do it. It's so pressured. You can fish for these exotic fish you can fish for these fish that people eat on their plate all day long and have it fresh you can catch it cook it eat it and that's the ultimate experience and if you do that with your son or your daughter or your wife or your grandparents or your relatives from a different place that makes their day that makes their vacation 
and it's unbelievable and that's and that's what people that's the experience it's it's not a it's it's the journey it's not the destination and if you're going to take your kid fishing you start with live bait you start with or you start with live bait then you start with uh, a type of bait uh, like mealworms and things like that and then when he's ready or she's ready like my my nephew who is a girl uh, I'll make her niece 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 it's late dude it's it's late yeah she uh, uh, she loves it because now she's ready to fish she asked her dad she said dad can I please start fishing with the stuff you fish with she's ready for it she knows that she can she wants to fish with the the bait that dad fishes with which is plastic worms and and crankbaits and 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 things like that and she even said to her dad um which was awesome uh, which is which is amazing she goes um dad when we're done with this plastic worm can we please go put it in a, a rebates container very cool. to tie it all in yeah so um all i could say is rob it's been it's been amazing meeting you. Uh, having the fly fishing as part of ICAST has been amazing. Um, I, I'm super excited to, to get to know you because I know that we're going to be knowing each other the rest of our lives because ICAST happens every year and fishermen are are all, we're like cockroaches. I think there's more fishermen than there are cockroaches. I honestly do. But and we get to places that cockroaches can't to tell you the truth because we do. We fish in places that you wouldn't even think of. Some the biggest bass I've ever caught are in lakes on golf courses and uh, uh, you know I just want to say you're doing a great thing what you do is amazing and uh, I'm looking forward to uh, uh, staying close with you and your friends and um, keeping you informed on the rebates program absolutely and we'll see where it goes from there very cool thanks for joining us that's that's about the best way to end the iCast podcast well thank you right. that means a lot to me I really appreciate it right. very cool Awesome, dude. All right, well, I just happened to bump into Ken Andres. He puts on the show. How's the show going so far? It's been great. We've had a, a record show. We have over almost 500 attend, um, exhibitors, uh, over half a million square feet, and uh, over 11,000 attendees. It's been great. Records all, all the way across. So what's the whole purpose of this? For people that, that heard my intro but don't really know, what exactly is your Elevator speech on what is ICAST, IFTD. Okay, ICAST is uh, is International Convention of Allied Sport Fishing Trades. It's a business-to-business trade show for manufacturers to meet with buyers and media to move product out for the current calendar year or the following calendar year. It's great. They uh, So everything that you see here on the show floor isn't actually in the stores yet, but we'll see probably within 6 to 12 months. So we were at the uh, Costa party last night, yeah. and we were talking to some of the ICAST people, and they said they were really, I'd say jealous, but in awe of the sense of community that IFTD had the last two years, and especially this year, how we were more of like an organized group of friends in a community. Mm-hmm. They thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, I think, I, well, I wouldn't say jealousy. I think what we, what IFTD is a, uh, the fly fishing uh, segment of the greater fishing industry, it's a much tighter knit group. And so that's, I think, what you're probably alluding to. Certainly the fishing industry as a whole uh, is moving together in one, one direction. Is this your big event for the year? Do you get to go on vacation after this? Yeah, I think I'm gonna go fish the. Uh, I'm gonna go fish down in uh, 
Everglades uh, with Ron Houston for a couple days and then go down to the Keys and fish for the rest of the week down at Atachica. Don't neglect Keys Fishery Marina. The Lobster Reuben. Oh, yeah, no doubt. And I'll spend some um, evenings at Lorelei, watch the sunset. Sunset. Yeah, right. exactly. <laughs> um, so where, where are we going next year? Uh, we'll be back here in Orlando. That'll be July 14th through the 17th. Uh, you know, I think a lot of people are very excited just based on the contracts I got for next year. That there is going to be, I think ICAST is going to be even bigger next year. Wow. Yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah, it is. It's, it's, it's an exciting. There's a buzz on the floor when we got here. It's just even on move-in where people were so excited to see things as they walked in. And especially when we pulled in Jose Wahebe's 37-foot um, CV, uh, the Spanish fly. I mean, once you see that, you know that you're at a fishing show. Of course, we've got the contenders and the yellow fins out front and the 30, uh, I think it's a 32-foot skeeter um, out there. It's just, it's awesome. I didn't realize how big the Spanish fly was until I walked up to it yesterday. Yeah, I didn't either. You see it out on the open water. It looks like a 22 or a 27 at the most, but 37, is it's massive. Trip 300s, it's, it's, it's a nice boat. What is the company doing now? We know we lost Jose in a plane crash about two years ago, but they're here. They're still active on social media. What is their, their mission? What are they doing now? Well, I think what happened is uh, they've uh, Spanish flies has been, uh, the, I guess the rights have been purchased by a company out of, out of Maryland, uh, Marilena, and uh, Ben Varner has uh, purchased that boat. I know Chrissy's involved. Uh, Chrissy Wahebe is involved with uh, a little bit, but it's an apparel company. So the brand, everything, the rec- the brand is recognizable. I mean, everybody knows what Spanish Fly is, and so they're going to move on with that. All right, well, thank you so much. I'll get, let you get back to your busy schedule. See you back in D.C. Yeah, dude. All right, thanks. Thank you for joining us for the Fly Fishing Consultant Podcast. For more information or to contact Rob, please go to www.robsnowwhite.com. created by man don't miss wild country wednesdays from 7 to 11 p.m eastern presented by primos speak the language waypoint tv the destination for outdoor entertainment brave anglers search for the one they call king but who will take his throne tune in to waypoint tv's battle for silver saturday may 18th from 12 to 6 p.m eastern presented by abyss battery waypoint tv go out there and the fish are where you think they are, any one of these casts could be the bite. It's the most exciting fishing that I know right here at Hawks Cave. Oh, that's awesome. Experience the best saltwater fishing the world has to offer. Don't miss Thursdays with Saltwater Experience. Brought to you by Golden Boat Lifts. Every Thursday night from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. The destination for outdoor entertainment.